Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is a big question. This is a show where we give you too much information about like the confusing questions like how powerful is everyone? The Eternals are coming into the universe. How powerful are they? Could they win an arm wrestling match against Thanos? We're gonna find out. He's Eric Voss and I'm Philip Molina. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna answer this question for you because yeah, Thanos is out of the picture now. Uh, Wanda Maximoff is the psychopath who's taking over everything. And the Eternals are coming into the picture. So Philip, hit me with that big Q. Hit me with your big Q. Why don't you hit me with that BQ? We gotta record this. <laughs> Fire this, this away. Show. Okay. Eric. Eric! If Thanos is out, I wanna know not only who, I mean, the, the given right question is who's gonna replace him, mm -hmm. but actually who's powerful enough to be a high level threat mm -hmm. that is theoretically scarier than Thanos, right? We can't go back now. Right. So I wanna know who, but I wanna know specifically power levels. And then I think it's just fun to just kinda like, where does everybody fit on this power ranking scale? Yeah. Everyone. Well, it's been kind of a hard question to answer over the years because the comics constantly fluctuate who's beating who. Spider-Man like, struggles with a, a little baby, a baby, lifting yes. a child, but he doesn't want to be a daddy, is the thing. Well, you gotta be careful, they're very fragile. Yeah, but no, he struggles to lift a little car in the comics, and then later he holds together a fairy. Yeah, and uh, so these things are always changing based on the situation, because comics, this is how it works, we know this. Well, according to Marvel's official website, they actually do have a system for ranking everyone, and they rank characters according to six categories, durability, energy, fighting skills, intelligence, speed, and strength, and they rate each of those on a scale from one to seven, so you can have a max combined total of 42 points, which has gotta be a Douglas uh, Adams yeah, reference, right? for yeah. sure. Anytime we say anything's 42, it's like, it's not Jackie Robinson, it yeah. is. It's not Eric's true age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, hey. oh, I'm now in a risk category for that coronavirus. Uh, okay, well, we can actually compare this to what we know about the MCU because these characters have faced each other and there is a certain logic to the MCU and things Kevin Feige has said about who is most powerful mm -hmm. based off of where they are. And the endgame fight, the like main endgame mm -hmm. fight, did a lot of power ranking oh, stuff yeah. right there. People shifted a lot just yeah. in that scene. Um, so I have boiled these all down into five tiers, five like groups that we can uh, kind of clump people together. Okay. and Five uh, tiers is what I have for how many kills I've done. <laughs> Four out of five tiers spent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Worth it. Um, well, the first tier that I'm gonna talk about is what I call the Terrans, the earthbound uh, powerful people. So we can just start by asking, who's the most powerful earthbound hero that we know in the MCU? I think we should start with who I think we should start every conversation with, the Hulk. Uh, because he's fascinating. Given, yeah. He's ridiculous. And, and he rises to meet the strength needed. He should, yeah. According to comics, lore, and mythology, Hulk theoretically should be the most powerful because he has kind of an infinite uh, power score because, yeah, he meets whatever challenge he faces. The more he gets hit, the angrier and bigger and madder he gets. And he should theoretically be able to fight anyone so long as they're fighting him with like raw strength and punches right. as opposed to um, palm strokes because <laughs> that is the way to end I mean, that'll start. bring anyone to. <laughs> Anyone? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but the MCU changed this, right? So in Infinity War, Thanos KO'd him without using any of the Infinity Stones, mm. which was a disruption to that uh, logic. And currently he remains injured. So even though the Marvel category gives him a score of 32 out of 42, um, I think he definitely has people who are more powerful than him. In I MCU. mean, that 10 points is at least lost from, he has an arm sling. <laughs> 
<laughs> he does have a sling now. We were joking. This is kind of like the uh, football injury report. It's like, well, it's, I don't know. I saw him limping, so I don't know. How yeah, exactly. It's not, I don't know if you yeah. should. Count is he going to play? Is he going to play yeah. in the next one? Um, which brings us to the next uh, powerful figure, who's a Terran, Carol Danvers. So in the mm-hmm. MCU, her power is derived from the Space Stone. She's Infinity Stone powered, but according to Marvel, she's scored at twenty nine out of forty two. Um, her powers, her powers are a big deal. Um, twenty nine when she goes like Super Saiyan. I think. I think they're saying like normal dormant gotcha. uh, rather than going binary. And in the MCU, they've kind of like expanded her powers and haven't clearly defined it. She gets her powers from the white dwarf in the in the comics. His name is Peter Dinklage, Eric. Uh, and I don't think the name is dwarf for that anymore. Dwarf? <laughs> like Steven? Kevin Dorf. <laughs> um, but the thing about Carol Danvers is in that final bout, battle in Avengers Endgame, she definitely holds her own against Thanos. Like, she is going blow for blow with him. And she seems to be okay, but uh, she does get Team Rocket blasted off again and gets punched out of the movie. So we, it's not really clear how powerful she is, but she's, yeah. she's up there. I can go blow for blow and get blasted off, and I feel weaker after. Every word he said means something different than what, what? you think. <laughs> Kiss your mother with that mouth? You've gone mental. Um, so let's talk about Peter Quill. So Marvel's website only gives him a score of 17 out of 42. And in the movies, yeah, Peter Quill seems like kind of a dope, right? He uh, picks the wrong time to punch someone out of a trance. He almost ruined everything. But the MCU also established him as the son of a celestial. Right. And he can hold the power stone in his hand. Not many people can hold an infinity stone in their hand without like getting disintegrated. We're going to address that a little bit later, too, in a question. Oh, no. No, what? what? We're not gonna Phil's gonna make me hold something really hot. I know it. <laughs> this has only been in the fireplace for two hours. Um, so as a son of a, we'll talk about Celestials in a bit, but like, like clearly making Peter Quill a more powerful character than he should be. Yeah, but I mean, technically you're, you, you reference the fact that he punches Thanos at the wrong time, mm-hmm. but you could say he caused the entire snap killed half of the he's life kind of, of an the universe, idiot. <laughs> but also like he killed half the life of the universe so he kind of but he also has a skill that no one else has is dance fighting so how yeah, many points does that give playlist. you yeah. killer playlist now there's a couple people i'm going to run through really quickly that are not currently in the mcu but probably will be soon villains like kang the conqueror and dr doom super powerful kang has 27 dr doom has 31 score Whoa. uh jean gray not a villain until she becomes dark phoenix uh has a score of 24 out of 42 she is the most powerful mutant, at least at this point in the timeline. Apocalypse is is more powerful than her, according to history. Um, But all these figures are potentially super powerful and could be, like, in whatever movie they are, the most powerful thing we've ever seen yet. That brings us to the character who Kevin Feige says is currently, or about to be, the most powerful figure in the MCU. Scarlet Witch? Yes, Wanda Maximoff. Now, Marvel's website only gives her a score of 18, and to be fair, we haven't really seen her do much yet, but the girl... She was able to cure an accent pretty effectively. Which, not an easy feat! I want the big one. You took everything from me. Kevin Feige's argument is that she was able to almost bring Thanos to his knees. If not uh, for his raining fire from his ship, she would have had him. 
in that moment. And no one else in that fight had him until Tony Stark got all six gems in his hand. She can warp reality with her mind. I think that's what Kevin Feige's saying, is no one else can actually like change the fabric of existence just mm -hmm. with the power of their mind. So right. I think we're about to see that in WandaVision. So that covers the first tier of just like earthbound heroes. Uh, but let's move on to our second tier, the uh, tier I've titled Gods, Demons, and Aliens. So we've met a lot of these people in the MCU, right? And let's start with the Asgardians, Thor. Uh, Thor actually has a pretty high score. Thor's score is 32 out of 42. He's a god of thunder. He's got the Odin force, but he's also really stupid. <laughs> he emotionally eats. He lets himself go. Who are we talking about right now? Thor. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about Thor and all the Asgardians, I kind of lump them on the same tier together. Loki, Heimdall, Valkyrie, Hela. They're all confined by the Ragnarok event. So in the Norse mythology, all of Asgard comes crumbling down again and again and again throughout history due to their apocalyptic event, Ragnarok. It's a cycle, it repeats. So eventually, whatever successes or strength they reach, Ragnarok's coming and it's gonna reset. That limits their power to a finite level. It's like the President of the United States, there's, there's a term limit there. And even the NFL, they- We'll see. Another character who's been established in the MCU, but we haven't seen him yet, is Adam Warlock. So Adam mm -hmm. Warlock is basically like space Jesus. Or Jesus. Or just Jesus. Right. In the comics, he's roughly on par with Thanos. The Jesus comics? Yeah, you know in those Christ comics the Bible? that people hand you as you walk around downtown LA? He's roughly on par with Thanos when he fights. Uh, he has the soul gem put in his head at one point. And anytime he gets too injured, he can just like re-cocoon himself. Be like, ha ha ha, I'll see you in a couple weeks. Just like throw the cocoon <laughs> into a black hole. Fire no. and then like, Dang it, why didn't I think of that? Roughly on, on the same level of Adam Warlock is uh, Silver Surfer. He's a score of 36 out of 42. He's the Herald of Galactus. He can like absorb attacks. And if you remember that, you know, Rise of the Silver Surfer movie, they're like, how do we beat him? You got to separate him from his board. So there's always like one thing that can kind of limit these people, yeah. but otherwise their power is infinite. Same thing as the coolest bully in middle school. Yeah. That's, can't get him off that board. That sweet board gave him all his power. I have, skateboarders all kind of like know me and they, it's like, Hitchcock's birds. Whenever I see skateboarders, it's like, oh, they're aware of how I used to try to wear vans in high school and they made fun of me because I didn't uh, actually skate. In my middle school, kids were, would fight with skateboards. Like they would wheel <laughs> They didn't know how to use them. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These wheels. These wheels are bad handles. <laughs> now, we're also about to meet the Eternals. And the leader of the Eternals is Icarus. You're seeing a comic image right now. It looks real stupid and goofy. But he's going to be played by freaking Rob Stark in the movie. They're like semi immortal. You know, they uh, the Earth Eternals are essentially immortal. They never really age, so that's a big deal. We're talking about gods at this point. So we're gonna learn a lot more about them soon, but they they are outranked by some other people, but they're kind of like mid-tier of all of our power rankings. Other characters we've seen in the MCU, the Elders of the Universe. So we're talking the Collector. We're talking the Grandmaster. They're brothers, we think, mm -hmm. from other mothers. They're technically not cosmic, uh, but their lives are infinite mm -hmm. in terms of length. Their power is, uh, defined by whatever they're interested in. So if they're interested in collecting all these like cosmic gems and things, they could potentially get super cosmic level powerful. Or if they're just interested in being like a gladiator arena judge, right. that's as powerful as they're gonna get. But technically, Jeff Goldblum's Grandmaster is more powerful at 32 points than Collector at 22 points. Oh, 
That's a big difference, I feel Yeah, like. big difference, yeah. but it's more of a comic score. Um, now, another character, along with the mutants coming in, uh, Apocalypse. So Apocalypse is the original mutant, super powerful, 41 out of 42 points. Wow. He was the like OG mutant, created by the Celestials in ancient times. All of uh, mutant kind originated from him, and he's like the inspiration of all of our Earth gods. Like It's implied that the Old Testament was based on the story of Apocalypse. He helped the Egyptians build their mm. pyramids. He helped the chosen people find their way to the chosen land. But he's like, he's a pretty bad guy, and he is another one of these people, if, if he comes into a movie, it's gonna be a big problem for everybody. Welcome to my nightmare! And then it brings us to our man, Mr. Thanos. Now, Thanos has a score of 36 out of 42, but the thing about Thanos is he is an eternal. He has a deviant gene, but he's an eternal, so he kinda has that semi-immortality. But he's the one character we know of, at least in the MCU, to gather all six Infinity Stones mm -hmm. and do something with them. Mm -hmm. Not only, like, Tony Stark wears the gauntlet, Hulk wears the gauntlet, other people carry it, but this guy knows how to... How... <laughs> Hey, they can bring him back. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. I saw him die. No, he'll play cable. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't think about yeah. that. Yeah. So at his peak, this guy reached cosmic level abilities. In the Infinity Gauntlet comics, when he gets the stones, he snaps, and all the other cosmic entities who are technically more powerful than him, uh, Galactus, uh, all these other folks, they go complain to Living Tribunal, and the Living Tribunal rules in his favor. So he's above them when he gets all the stones. Mm -hmm. So Thanos is, among all these other gods, demons, and aliens in the second tier, the most powerful. When he has the stones. When he has the yeah. stones. So now we're moving into the third tier, what I call cosmic entities, but semi-tangible. So like, you can kinda touch them, but like, what's on you now? What is this? It's Hand some sanitizer. cosmic goo. Oh, good, good. <laughs> because I'm in an age bracket I'm and bear. Covered. I, I can't find this stuff. Okay, so let's talk about Dormammu. We saw him in the first Doctor Strange movie. He's the ruler of the Dark Dimension and he cannot really be defeated. He can just kind of be pissed Annoyed, off. Annoyed, yeah, basically. <laughs> Aggravated by being stuck in a time loop. He's essentially Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day. If you're, uh, Bill Murray, what are, as, as powerful as you consider yeah. him to be, that's what Dormammu is, basically. Cannot be killed. Nightmare is kind of on the same level. He might be the villain in the second Doctor Strange movie. He's the ruler of the dream dimension. He's kind of like this uh, nightmarish dream monster. Dormammu has a score of 38. Nightmare has a score of 34. We have met a couple celestials. Ego, the living planet, in the MCU, is defined as a celestial. He has a power score of 36 out of 42. We also saw, uh, who is later defined as Isan the Searcher in the Collector's story, he was a celestial. So the celestials are like the gods of the gods. They created the Eternals. It was like kind of their genetic experiments of trying to create life in their own image mm -hmm. on Earth. They got the Eternals. So you gotta imagine, they gotta be uh, above the Eternals tier. And they haven't been implied to, at one point, wield the stones in eons past. So uh, yeah, they're, they're up there in this third tier. Alongside them is the first 42 out of 42 we're gonna talk about here, Phoenix Force. So this is the force that goes into Jean Grey. Mm -hmm. Phoenix Force identifies Jean Grey as the first like worthy mutant to attach to one that can like withstand having this Phoenix Force inside of her. And Phoenix Force has been described as a child of the universe. Some people say the Phoenix Force predates the Big Bang, right. like was born out of the, or reborn out of the fires of the Big Bang. And just kind of like zips around the universe, doesn't really process time the same way we do, and doesn't really think the way humanity does. It's like Tommy. Just like Tommy. Is Tommy Phoenix Force? <laughs> Question mark? 
Big question. Big question. And then finally, another 42 out of 42, Galactus. So Galactus wow. is the other uh, person on our screen here. Interesting. So the Galactus is, is kind of crazy, right? A giant cosmic entity, big dumb antler helmet. Um, but Galactus arguably keeps the universe in balance by feeding off the energy of dying or dead planets. But he's not like thoughtless. He it feels guilt when he does it. Like he has a personality, mm -hmm. so he's not completely abstract. He can be like hit, he can be punched, but most people can't really beat him. He's roughly on par with Thanos when Thanos gets all six of the stones. That's what Galactus is. But I don't know. I, I feel like a true god should not feel things. Yeah, not I feel also, guilty. I feel like that number is fudged a little. Like yeah. they just want Galactus to feel like a 42 out of 42, but it feels like he hasn't done not. anything to earn it. Like, yeah. why do you need a herald then to tell people that you're about to come eat their planets, loser? Yeah. Um, Galactus is gonna eat me in my sleep. Hell yeah. Hot as hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how you wake up, you're being eaten by my Galactus. This is my succubus. My power is limitless. So now we're in the fourth tier, and things are getting pretty abstract here, because now we're just talking about like these cosmic entities that represent ideas, but they're defined in the Marvel Universe. So we're talking about things like Mistress Love, Sire Hate, uh, Master Order, and Lord Chaos. They're kind of like other sides of the same coin, these kind of opposing ideals, but they have like these entities that represent them in the cosmos. Yeah. Eric and, and Philip. Eric and Philip are up there in this category. <laughs> right. um, but all these things are just kind of like, we need a personality to represent this thing that affects our lives, kind of like the stones represent these other laws of the universe. Mm -hmm. um, and that brings us to the Watchers. So the Watchers are true god figures. Uh, Uatu the Watcher has a score of 33 out of 42, but it's only because he doesn't really fight. They oversee, they observe, they record everything in the universe, but usually they don't intervene. The exception is Uatu the Watcher actually warned the Fantastic Four that Silver Surfer was coming. So that was one moment the Watchers intervened. But in the MCU, Jeffrey Wright has been cast as Uatu the Watcher, kind of the uh, crypt keeper figure of this <laughs> anthology What If series. Mm -hmm. So it's just funny that the most powerful established character in the MCU is like the MCU's crypt keeper. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a riddle that's gonna set up this next story. What if Peggy Carter and the Super Soldier Serum? I'm more powerful than everyone. <laughs> I used to think that the crypt keeper knew Elvira. And I like like they that weirdly like out. we're like dating or something. Oh yeah. I also I didn't know the concept that like a dead body over time like the hair keeps growing. So I definitely thought Crypt Keeper was a lady for a long time. You know, I can imagine Crypt Keeper being like Elvira's gay friend and they like they go <laughs> yeah. to Knott's Berry Farm and like make fun of the characters and like and they make their dumb puns on Halloween time. Not very far. Such a specific I feel like the two of them, John Waters, they're all like these campy, funny Halloween heroes. Man, Elvira still looks good by the way. That she looks great. They should be the dark universe, right? Yeah, that'd be cool. They're fantastic. Um, my goal in life is to be the crypt keeper at the end of all this. It's like four years away. So uh the final of this uh tier four is eternity. So this is one of these like, oh Doctor Strange just took too much acid and he's gotta to talk to the universe now. <laughs> eternity Eternity's here, 42 out of 42. Eternity is the embodiment of existence itself. You've seen in the comics, it's just kind of like uh, this outline, this cloaked outline that has planets and stars floating around inside of it. The thing about Eternity is, some people say in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, at one moment, Peter Quill looks up and he's like, I see it. Eternity. 
and you see kind of like that same cosmic stuff swirling around his eyes as we were saying in that moment he's communing with the character of eternity um, but the problem with eternity is it's still bound by the universe itself so when the universe ends eternity ends right. there are there's a fifth final tier that is above even that yikes it's tier five what I call the meta cosmic entities they're above everything um, there's two people here the living tribunal Kind of the Supreme Court Justice, the Chief Justice of the Marvel Supreme Court uh, has final say over all conflicts, doesn't really intervene, just kind of like weighs in mm -hmm. on smaller conflicts. So there was that whole uh, courtroom scene from the Infinity right, Gauntlet's right, right. room that we talked about. And actually the writers of these movies said that they were going to feature a cameo of the Living Tribunal in that wizard duel sequence between Thanos and Doctor Strange on Titan. They were going to have like a trial scene oh, wow. uh, where they met with the Living Tribunal. So in a way, it's kind of in headcanon of the MCU. I mean, they keep referencing it. And they have the staff of the Living Tribunal, right. right, in the Doctor Strange movies. And then finally, the most powerful figure from all of Marvel Comics and the Marvel Universe is the figure who is called the One Above All. So the score of this person is undefined, unknown, but the One Above All is just kind of this interesting, quirky figure. It takes multiple forms, depending on the scene. Often he's depicted as a bartender in this fulcrum yeah. bar. Or hasn't um, it been Jack Kirby? And then Jack Kirby yeah. in the Fantastic Four comics, they, they go to like a realm further beyond and, it will, and he just they're in an artist studio and Jack Kirby yeah. is the one above all so in the MCU that could be Stan Lee that could be Kevin Feige there is some kind of like meta figure who's outside of all this so that is kind of our breakdown of all the powerful figures we know of in the MCU who of that list is most likely to be next. Because it feels like you don't want to go to 42 out of 42 next. Definitely yeah. not. And that's why people are saying Galactus is coming. There's still room to work our way yeah. up. We know Adam Warlock is coming in the next mm -hmm. uh, in the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I've made some arguments that Kang the Conqueror could come into the Loki series as kind of like the ultimate time traveling uh, villain, the guy who knows more about timelines mm -hmm. than anyone else. Um, and Nightmare seems to be coming up in Doctor Strange too. So we're, we're starting to work our way up this cosmic mm -hmm. scale. But the thing is, is the whole point of this is it's such a wide spectrum of power and you have to kind of yeah. work your way up to it. Yeah, there's this infinite version of Superman that I'm obsessed with that like, <laughs> it just, it doesn't make sense. Like it's too, to just jump to it just doesn't work. Yeah. I thought it'd be fun to look at some of the weakest ones too. Um, so depending on who you ask, like <laughs> Uncle Ben is pretty weak because his oh, whole job no. is to die, right? Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, he's, the joke goes, uh, Uncle Ben is always dead in comics, right? Yeah, he's he a stone, yeah, basically. Yeah, he sucks, he oh, can't fight anyone. Um, but, Philip, um, uh, I think we consider ourselves part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? <laughs> it's our home universe. It's Absolutely. where we yeah. like to spend all of our thoughts and time. I think we should rank ourselves. So there are these six categories, durability, energy, fighting skills, intelligence, <laughs> speed, and strength. I think we should rate each other on a scale of one to seven for each of these categories and see what our scores are. Great, let's do it. Six and a half hours later. And we're back after drunkenly assessing each other and potentially, I'm not gonna hurt your feelings, you're gonna hurt mine? No, I don't plan to, but you know, offense is an eye of the beholder. Okay, so you're gonna hurt my feelings. Okay, so on durability, <laughs> Philip, out of seven, I rate you a two. And here's two. two. I think out of, out of seven. I, I could have rated you one. Uh, two, because I imagine durability as like a survivor man, naked and afraid type thing. And I just can't imagine you in a outdoorsy scenario where like a plane has crashed and you have to build a campfire. What? I, my favorite book in sixth grade was Hatchet. It was my only book I read. And you read books. No durable person can read. Well, okay, fine. I'm gonna give you your durability okay. score. It is four. 
Thank you. Because I was thinking to myself how long we did shows together. We had to wear a lot of prosthetics <laughs> on your face for a you long time. You forced on my face. Yeah, and, and, and on your head. And those shows were so long. But you would have had higher, but you have really bad alcohol tolerance. Uh, and I think you got graphite poisoning when I poked you with those pencils recently. <laughs> and you've been complaining about it ever since. Yeah. So you're, you're not super durable, but better than two. The pain has only grown. Okay, on energy, I rate you a four. I think you're right in the middle of the road because I think you have more energy than I do. I would rate myself lower than a four. Um, but uh, behind the scenes thing for people watching, every episode of Rogue Theory begins with Philip having to scream to get excited to ramp up in That's energy. That's to get Tommy to wake up every <laughs> single time. There's even an edit where you hear me say, Tommy, wake up because I'm worried he fell asleep because that happens. But you do it on episodes when Tommy isn't even hosting. So That one's for you. Okay. Welcome to New Rockstars, this is Rogue Theory. I have to go Super Saiyan. Your energy level, again, I was nicer, I give you a five. <laughs> it's I, too nice. I said that it was high, it's pretty high actually considering you never ever sleep. Oh. Uh, you sleep terrible hours and you're up all night, but then you come in and you do your work all day. But then I also said that your max energy level is only two points higher than your minimum energy level. Mm. You like, I've never actually seen you have a lot of energy. Yeah, I know. You just don't run out of the very little that you can serve. You're like a, a roach in hibernation. <laughs> to the hibernation. Okay, it's balanced out. The niceness it, is balanced. Exactly. <laughs> um, on fighting skills, I, I rated you a two. Um, because I've kicked your ass twice on camera, so I feel like I have to rate you too. I, you can't. Roll the clips. <laughs> I was gonna give you like a two, but then I realized in non-traditional fighting skills, you once blackmailed a candidate for student body president. I'll do it again. You threatened poor people on behalf of the state of Florida. I won't do that again. <laughs> and, uh, you are ruthless, you stole a girl's sweater and you lied about it for years. It was a blazer. Uh, you catfished your own job <laughs> once. I did my own job. Oh, but not this job. Not this other, job, other yeah, job. yeah, yeah. Yes, I remember. Uh, uh, and then we can cut this, but you, you secretly uh, dated uh, my ex-girlfriend and you didn't tell me for a really long time. Well, you gotta keep that. You're ruthless, <laughs> a good story. is my point. Because it makes you look like a hot dog. <laughs> Willing to so. do whatever it takes. You're ruthless, and so your fighting skills are rated as a six. Wow, that's very generous, considering how weak I am. Philip, on intelligence, I rated you a six, because I think uh, your intelligence is like your 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 biggest strength. I would have given you a seven, but like, you'd be compared to like Reed Richards and Tony Stark, and I feel like if either of us were seven on intelligence, we would not be working for YouTube. We'd be working for uh, the... NASA or um, SpaceX or something. Yeah, Vimeo. I gave you a six as well. <laughs> I said, you have high intelligence. You're one of the smartest people I know. But also, I know you've been scammed easily. Uh, and I, I know you accidentally fed the same dog chocolate brownies twice. We have to cut that twice. <laughs> it was a, It was an accident, though. I do know it was an accident, but the fact that it happened immediately again after, it's like, that guy's not a seven. <laughs> He's not Reed Richards. Um, for speed... We're not cutting that. <laughs> See your energy. <laughs> for speed, I give you a four. Um, middle of the road, I just, I, I feel like I've seen you run very fast. I can but, run very fast. But not like, you're definitely faster than I am. Speed, I am, what am, what am I? I gave you a seven. No, I am so slow. Well, you talk about other types of speed. I'm talking about how quickly Sexual you... Sexual performance. I was gonna say how quickly you put out videos oh. uh, and write your scripts. Uh, and sexual performance. Okay, uh, that's the, the scripts and videos that I'm referring to. Well, because famously I move at a glacial pace to conserve that cockroach energy. <laughs> that um, and then for strength, I give you a five. I think your obviously speaks for itself. 
like guy can lift. In here, I gave you a two. Yeah. That's... I said you, now I. <laughs> okay, so Phillips' uh, grand total is 23 out of 42, which is pretty good. It's higher than uh, uh, Wanda Maximoff. <laughs> 30! You got a f***ing 30! You red hulk son of a redneck hulk. Oh boy. <laughs> the walls fight back. Um, well, I want to read your rate. Actually, I don't want to read your ratings, but I know you're going to do it anyway in the comments below. Um, and where do you think Philip and I belong in the Marvel Universe? <laughs> We're the ones that posted the Spider-Man footage of yes. on yeah, uh, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, my wireless connection. Philip. <laughs> You said you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Philip, are you tired of big wireless taking advantage of you? I am. I, I specifically, I've had for many years, and they, I'm paying $200 a month. Oof. Yeah. Uh, I know how you feel. I have had holding me by the ankles, shaking me for change for the past decade of my life, and like I'm tired of it. bullies did to you. Yeah, the bullies were also employees. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wireless. <laughs> uh, well, here's the deal, folks. Mint Mobile is a great solution, and thank you to Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of Big Question. Seriously, thank you very much. Yeah, Mint Mobile can help save you more than $1,000 a year on your wireless bill. There's a better way to get wireless, and it's Mint Mobile, people. It can be almost 10 times cheaper than ten these other times. companies. 10 times. 10 times cheaper. That's insane. And it's like the exact same thing. It's not yeah. like like a worse performance. You can make your calls. You can be on the internet or whatever. You can uh, check my social media right now to see how my most recent Instagram post is doing, which is not as well as I'd hoped. Yeah. But yeah. I can check it at the same speed. But the point is, you won't be able to tell the difference. That's right. Mint Mobile is such a heroic wireless company that Ryan Reynolds himself is a part owner. If Deadpool and Detective Pikachu thinks it's cool, folks. I feel like we should too. That's enough. So that cool. He's so cool. Now to get your new wireless plan for just fifteen bucks a month, and get that plan shipped to your 15. door for free, just go to mintmobile.com/bigq. Mintmobile.com/bigq. A new wireless plan, fifteen dollars a month. I swear to God, I'm paying two hundred dollars a month right now. <laughs> no longer. I just kept saying yes every time they're like, we have a new promotion where it's a little more expensive. Well, now say yes to Mint Mobile so that they can help save your life. I'll say yes to some bite-sized questions. All right, Philip. Uh, we have a couple bite-sized questions. First, from Chris Parrish. He wants to know how much would Cap have to drink to get legally drunk? And he reminds us how in the first Avenger, Cap says it's hard to get drunk because of his super metabolism. I'm super excited to, to answer this question because it actually has an answer that we can get, and I love when we have definitive answers. So. Cap drunk. You said legally drunk. I'm going to get back to that. Okay. But can Cap even get drunk? Okay. Our bodies metabolize, you and me, we metabolize alcohol at 0.016% per hour. So if you think mm. of your blood alcohol rate, you just can subtract 0.016 oh, okay. uh, every hour, and that's how, how fast you start coming back from it uh, with your liver metabolism. But we actually have his metabolism rate because Peggy tells us in that scene, his metabolism is four times faster than the average person's. Ooh. So his is 0.064% per hour. Now you can already see the legal limit is 0.08, so he's almost doing that whole thing in an hour uh, pretty quickly, but it also isn't insane. It's not like he, he absolutely can't get drunk, but it's hard. Most people perceive drunken feelings at 0.12%, okay. which is significantly higher than the legal limit for driving, yeah. which is why if you feel drunk, you very much should not yeah, consider driving. Yeah, you should driving. just sit down in a car, turn the keys, <laughs> no, and Eric. drive into a school. Okay. 
the issue here isn't that whether or not he can get drunk. It's he has to outpace his own metabolism <laughs> in order to feel it. Uh -huh. So he has to drink faster than he burns it. And the thing is, you might think, well, maybe he his absorption rate, we can't know that. It might be faster because he's superhuman. I don't, I'm going to give him the absorption rate of the normal man because if he had super fast absorption, he would die from poison like really quickly. It'd be oh, very right, yeah. easy to kill him. Uh -huh. So let's assume he absorbs as fast as we do. He just burns it a lot faster. Mm -hmm. So that means we can use Chris Evans' body stats, which I got all of them. Uh, yeah. And some Committed of them will surprise you, and some of them will impress you, and some of them will make doctors hate you. <laughs> you, not yeah. him. Art articles are written about this body. <laughs> Chris Evans' body, I measured it. I got these stats to figure out how quickly alcohol hits his blood. And then I used Captain America's metabolism rate for how quickly it would burn it away. So if he does three shots per hour, his not only will he not get drunk, he won't even get anything. He will be burning it faster than he's taking it in. Hmm. It's only at four shots per hour that he even starts to increase his blood alcohol level. But literally anything, 0.0001%, right. it would take him four shots an hour to even start the climb. Yeah. So that's very far from drunk. So for him to feel drunk, he has to do, this is my best advice, Captain America, in order for you to ever feel drunk, you're gonna need to do right away, as soon as you start drinking, nine shots of liquor out of the gate. Then, uh, that's at the top of the hour. By the end of the hour, you will feel drunk for nine minutes. Nine glorious minutes where anything goes, anything can be yours. Any surface is a road. <laughs> no, stop <laughs> suggesting that people do that. Okay. Uh, uh, and on that 10th minute, he will no longer feel drunk. So in order to stay drunk, if you're trying to have a night of it, it's a birthday, then you have to keep doing another shot about every 10 minutes. Once, so you start with the nine shots just to get up there, and now you've outpaced enough that you'll feel drunk, and then every 10 minutes you have to do one more shot. So that's a nightmare, <laughs> and have, he's never gonna do that. Some I have two other tips. Asgardian beer, it exists in your reality. It, Thor has claimed that it's much better than ours. I'm sure if it can make an Asgardian drunk, he should drink that. Or technically, according to my math, Jessica Jones also has it right. Whole bottle at a time Oof. that they actually can keep up with. That's expensive, just pour it up your butthole. Pour it in up. the booty hole. Up your butthole? Up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not tipping upside down. No, this you, body don't tip. You gotta put it in there and then you gotta blow because you need a vacuum effect. Yeah. <sighs> Just gotta reverse <laughs> the polarity of my digestive system. And then Here. when I <laughs> blow, bang energies and, and uh, pizzas and chipotles. This is gonna work, hold on. You have to suck it like, and then go and blow it. Yeah, exactly. That worked. And I'm real drunk now. Oh, man. And I'm <laughs> disgusting. Okay. Um, Our next question from James Jones asks, if the Tesseract melted through the metal of an advanced Hydra aircraft, how was the Happy Days lunchbox able to hold it? Good question. Actually, I've seen this one before, and a lot of people think it's a plot hole. I actually identified a trend of when the Tesseract burns through things, so through the Hydra ship, but also it burns Nick Fury's hand once. Mm. You gotta remember, the Tesseract is a container for a, uh, Infinity Stone. That's right. It is not the Infinity Stone itself. Mm. And even though there's kind of some special properties there where it has some sentience and that's why it rejected Red Skull, it doesn't actually do this superheating thing just on its own. It has to have recently been used. Ooh. So if you look at the two times that it has melted or burned someone, it's because it was in use on the Space Stone level. But oh, you can think yeah. of the Tesseract as almost like um, paper towels holding a, a baking pan of brownies. It's fine on the way into the oven, it gonna hurt on the way out. Oh. 
Uh, the paper towels are still radioactive. Yes, that's exactly what I meant. I saw Chernobyl. Uh, all right, and our third bite-sized question. When Loki and Thor get knocked to Sakaar in the Bifrost by Hela, Loki says he got there weeks before Thor. For Thor. So, is there a Bifrost time travel? And is it connected to the Tesseract and Loki's series, Time Variance Authority, from Miles Smiles? This was a really interesting question to research, yeah. too. So the Bifrost is traveling across space and time in a literal way, but it actually is not traveling through time in a, a like time-bending way. Mm -hmm. It did kind of seem like that in that moment, but what actually is happening is it's not about the Bifrost at all. It's about Sakaar. It's about where Loki has gone. Sakaar has weird time abilities of some sort. It seems to exist in some sort of bubble or something. So the Grandmaster says it pretty clearly. He says, I would be considered billions of years old we talked about him earlier mm -hmm. he's this ancient but on Sakaar he doesn't seem so and it's mm -hmm. as if he doesn't continue to age on on Sakaar Valkyrie has also been there for 200 years and you know we if, theoretically she hasn't aged I mean she's she still looked good Tessa Thompson mm -hmm. so Loki uh, has thinks he's been there for t two weeks or so mm -hmm. he theoretically has inside of Sakaar it does have that that feel of uh, if you remember in Interstellar the closer they got to the black hole oh yeah there was a uh, time distortion yeah the devil's too. anus is right over there so it, it's yeah it well devil's anus <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a really interesting thing, though. You kind of spun off a little theory here that I was thinking. Hulk has been there as the champion for some amount of time. We interpreted it after he left Earth on that ship that, you know, he ends up on Sakaar, and then over that time, you know, he whatever, he becomes a, a champion. But he actually could have been there for decades. Holy shit. For all we know, which would make a lot of sense for about two things. One, that he is the level of champion that he is. Everybody is nuts. Everybody knows him. Everybody has Hulk merch on. Uh, but it could be this has been their guy for, for decades, hundreds of years, who knows how long. But also, it could explain why there's this sudden extreme rift between Hulk and Bruce Banner, mm. where when Bruce Banner finally comes back out, Hulk has actually not just been the front man of the body for weeks or months. It could have been years that Hulk has been thriving, you know, doing some other stuff that Hulk doesn't normally get to do. Yeah. And then he got forced back in, so maybe that is partially also why, oh, now you, you want me to come out again just to fight this guy. Meanwhile, I just spent, you know, 100 years uh, yeah. pillaging and villaging. <laughs> and the pillage people. Hey, thank you for those bite-sized questions. We have time for one mailbag question. That's from our mailbag. <laughs> oh. <sighs> My mailbag is uh, an anatomical part of me. Uh, all right. So this question asks, have you ever encountered a g -g ghost or any supernatural phenomena? I feel like you have a ghost story. I do. Well, I kind of. I, uh, for years of my life, did not believe in ghosts. I still kind of don't, but my new apartment has a ghost in it. And we've named him Dorian, the door ghost, because our, the, our bedroom door just closes on its own. Even when there's not a shift in air pressure, it's not like the, uh, the air is coming on or anyone's passing it. It's, and it's been open forever and ever for like an hour, and then suddenly it'll just close. And here's my theory on it. So an apartment I used to live in years ago burned down. Oh, yeah. And, Sorry um, about that. Uh, thanks. Especially since you lit the match. That's what I mean. Yeah. Sorry. The, um, but uh, my bedroom had a lot of stuff didn't burn in it because the door was closed. And the firefighters said 
this is, we always tell people, close your doors when you go to bed, when you leave, because that will prevent the fire from spreading, or at least it'll slow it down. Or it'll have, be a big surprise for whoever opens the door. <laughs> You're burning alive! Uh, so I always thought Dorian was uh, the ghost that's following me around, maybe an alternate version of myself who was home when the fire happened, who died, and is now uh, following me in this dimension, closing the door to keep me safe. Interesting. Dorian, he's my Dorian Gray. He dies while I live. Yeah. I also have been to this uh, new home of yours, and it is pretty tilted. So I'm just Not saying. Not ghost. No, it looks like ghost. it's like falling over at all times. <laughs> okay, it's a ghost pushing it. <laughs> There's a separate ghost, a big guy ghost, uh -huh. and he leans on it to when he's sleepy. Yeah, fat so. <laughs> yeah, and the whole house gets knocked over, and then Dorian says, by the way. <laughs> also closes his door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on Marie. <laughs> she ain't a ghost, she's my mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just lives in apartment 208. I wish she was a ghost. <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> uh, the only thing that comes to mind for Supernatural, I was really sick in the middle of watching Inside. Man at the theater, and Inside Man starts with the middle of the movie, uh -huh. and and then it like starts over, and then at the midpoint of the movie, you're back at the middle. And I kept thinking to myself, Oh, thank God, just fucking end. I want this movie to end because I'm so sick and I was shaking. <laughs> I had a fever, and I was there on a date actually, and she was like completely ignoring me. She's like, I want to watch most death. <laughs> and so and I was just like, I just want to know. I want the movie to end. I want the movie to end. And then the celluloid melted while I was having that thought. Oh my God. And, and that's it, we had to leave and I got to go home and, and you know feel better. Uh, but that actually is not the scary instance. There's one that I like, I, don't, I get scared to even talk about because that was, was exciting. But it reminded me in sixth grade summer, I had to go to summer school because we couldn't afford daycare or babysitters. Um, so I was just going to, to, to summer school for no reason. And so I didn't even need to be there, but I was all day just in this math class. It was like a full day long math class. And the teacher was so mean. It's just this guy and he just like, would just like love to like make fun of his students. And it wasn't camaraders, it was just mean. Well, he's also an adult uh, talking yeah, to kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and there's sixth graders, uh, about to be seventh. Um, but my birthday's in July, so come on, man. <laughs> uh, so he, uh, so it's nearing the end of the school day. Uh, and we're just like wrapping up our, our assignment. And I put my pencil down on the desk and the girl in front of me happens to just right then like like relax back, she's all done. And my pencil goes right into my hand, jams in. And you can see the scar still, if you can confirm for our viewers, that line. There's a scar. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> There's a scar, yeah. And, and you didn't know about this scar before, no. correct? And you and I have never met. No. Correct? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that scar is from it just like shoving all straight line back and just like ripping this open. And so I like, it was, I was probably in shock because it was so bad and it was bleeding a lot. So I kind of just like went like this and I stood up and I walked to his desk. I said, um, I think I should probably go to the nurse or something. And he goes, oh, little baby gonna cry. And I was like, no. I mean, I probably was going to cry, but I, I, at that moment I wasn't crying yet. And I go, no. Uh, and he's like, so why you gotta go to the nurse? It's like, my hand is bleeding a lot, it's cut open. And he's like, so you are a baby. And so I sat back down, I didn't go to the nurse, and I just had my hand there. And then that night, I was so mad, and I was like telling my mom about it, I was like, this guy's, and I think I like, called a friend who was like on vacation somewhere, they're like, leave me alone. And I was like, but I hate this guy, I hate him so much, I hate him so much, and he died. <laughs> that night, he had a stroke. That night. We come in the next morning and we're, it's 15 minutes after, after the bell and we're all just sitting there waiting and then the principal comes in and says, your teacher died last night. He had a stroke uh, and I'm so sorry, we're trying to find you a substitute now. 
Oh my God. And I Philip. just sat there and smiled. You wanna know how I got these scars? And he said, no. I can do this to other people. I've never, I've never had that kind of thought about anyone else, just in case. Well, you don't know what's gonna happen in your future. Philip, this is like a, a Stephen King short story. Like a really mean, evil adult or like who gets killed because a kid manifests it and wills it I, into existence. I, no, but the thing is I can't even go along with this joke because I can't feel that guilt. <laughs> I guess that I is a I can't have done it, no. God. Well, guys, this is this a kooky is, episode of Big Question. Tell us your favorite Marvel theories about <laughs> Eric and me and how fun cartoons are. <laughs> but he died for real. Every week of this show gets darker and more terrifying because I, I, we're learning a lot about each other and uh, I regret selecting this question from the box. Oh, pour one out. For the teach. Oh, yeah. God. Miss you, teach. You were my favorite. Well, if you're not already at your therapist's office, uh, comment down below with uh, who you think is the most powerful Marvel character. <laughs> Did my, my points go up? My I, point total? I think you're uh, max sevens now. 42 out of 42. Damn right. <laughs> uh, comment down below with your favorite part of this episode and um, make sure to follow <laughs> us at, uh, at EA Voss, at Philip Moline on social uh, media. <laughs> Follow New Rockstars at New okay, Rockstars. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on your side. Um, and you can get audio versions of this podcast early if you just follow New Rockstars Big Question wherever you get your podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Make sure to hit us up with your big questions using the hashtag yeah. Big Question. Just real quick, also share the show with your friends. We yes. feel like it's a good entry point into New Rockstars. So if your friend is kind of nerdy and trying to find a way in, give them an all Big Question link. See ya. See ya next week. Bye. Bye.